0: I don't know if you've ever seen an eagle fly during a game, but that's what happened on Monday night when DeAndre Smith just took off into the air and jumped over Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, it was crazy, but it also kind of illustrated, like, what the hell happened? I mean, we'll talk about the Bucks' inability to run the ball themselves, but how about the fact they couldn't stop the run, which is not something that you had seen this year so far. So the Eagles outrushed the Buccaneers 201 to 41. And of course, DeAndre Swift got most of that. 16 carries, 130 yards. Now, what was interesting is we talked to Todd Bowles on Tuesday morning for his uh, post-mortem press conference, if you will. And he said, I'll tell you what, when I left the game, I thought it was a lot worse than it was. (laughs) Wait a minute. Let's evaluate that for a second. You thought it was worse than 201 yards? Ouch. It seems seems weird to me, Steve. I mean, that's pretty bad. How could it be worse?
1: Uh, guess, 200 and f- 202 yards? yards? Yeah,
0: right, exactly. Um, but he said, I thought they just killed us. Then watching the film this morning, we misfit some things and had some self-inflicted wounds. I thought they schemed up one of our defenses, pretty good, and got two runs out of it, which was good on their part. Then I thought we kind of misfit a or, or ran out of our gaps on certain things, which is encouraging. It's encouraging they ran out of their gaps because it can be corrected. By the same time, you don't want it to happen. Yeah, I would. That last sentence is the one I would focus on. You don't want it to ever happen. And I know what he's saying. Like there were two runs of over twenty-five yards, I think that Swift had, and. You know, that's so that's 50 yards or so, but that's still 150 yards to 41, which is lopsided enough. It, it reminds me a little bit, and these were 26-yard runs. They weren't 86, but reminds me a little bit when Monty Kiffin used to play Barry Sanders, and there was a game where Sanders went off for like 170 yards, okay? But he had two 80-yard runs. <laughs> so... Monty and his only money could do after the game was like talking about how great his defense played. I tell you, we held him down. I, I, I mean, he had two runs. I mean, you know, the, 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 the 28 runs, he's averaging two yards of carry. And then you could, Yeah, he had the 280 yard runs, but it's like, no, no, but. Like, you can't take away the 280 yard runs. That's part of the average. So, this was sort of a similar thing. It was just funny to me. It's like, yeah, well, I, I, I felt better about it after I watched the 201 rushing yards. I don't think there's anything better to feel about it, um, to be honest with you. And it could have been a lot worse because the Eagles were just one for five you know, in the red zone. The first drive, ironically enough, in short yardage when they didn't do the tush push, uh, ended when, when Ryan Neal stopped. They gave the ball to Kenneth Gainwell on, on uh, fourth and one. And so they, they drove it all the way down the 14 yard line. The Bucks defense stopped them. And so that was their first red zone failure. By the way, Steve, what do you make of the tush push? Is this something that should be allowed in the in in pro football right now? Are we playing Australian rules football or that's, football? Right. I mean, that's what it looks like rugby to me. It looks like yeah, it looks like get a get a big dude behind another big dude and a couple other big dudes and then just push the dude forward. Like I don't think it's been stopped or if it was stopped, maybe the buck stopped at one time last night. It seems like it should be outlawed. And yet, the competition committee looked at it and said, "Nah, we're
1: good with it. Well, no problem." It's causing more first downs, which is hopefully leading to more scoring. That's true. That's true.
0: They like offense. Mm-hmm. It's you know you can't make the bases bigger or have a pitch clock, so let's allow the tush push. Um, but that that helped them stay on schedule, obviously. And, and you can't stop Jalen Hurts on that play, so they were ten of sixteen on third down. And they were two of three on fourth down. So in the one fourth down, you know, was the first one of the game. It was, I thought it was, I thought it was humbling. And I also think this, that when it comes to the Bucks and their defense, and especially their run defense, Vita Vea was limited in snaps. I didn't look at the snap count. I probably should have before I did this podcast. But I know it was way down um, because it seemed like they were sort of nursing him into the lineup. I mean, he did play. He was active. I don't know if he played great because nobody did on defense. Um, but I think if you take him out of that, it's a it's a different defense, and especially against the run because he's going to do- occupy double teams. Um, you know, he he's going to clog up the middle so that guys like Levante David and Devin White can scrape and and make tackles all day. And I just don't feel like they had, you know, they had him in the game enough. And when he was in the game, I didn't think he was, you know, as effective as he as he had been. The first three weeks, I mean, he had been playing a lot of snaps. But now you're going with, you know, Greg Gaines and Logan Hall and, you know, or Will Golston. And I, I just don't think that's the same. And so I, I felt like not having Vita at 100% was, uh, was probably a, a, a big reason why they gave up so many rushing yards. But this defense... They entered the game, they were second against the run, and they had been given up uh i think like fifty two yards a game or fifty four yards a game. I'm sorry, Eagles were first at fifty two yards a game. Well, guess what it was fool's gold because the bucks gave up two oh one and the Eagles gave up virtually nothing you know just just forty one yards on seventeen carries by the way, we started this the the whole Dave Canales discussion when he was hired and it was about running the football, being committed to the run. And, and in fact, they had a lot of rushing attempts, you know, the first two weeks. Um, and when you get behind, it's, it's hard to run the football. So I, I kind of get all that, but here's the thing I, I would point to, and that is after three weeks, and maybe that's a small sample size, but I don't think it is after three weeks, the Bucks are exactly last in rushing average. Last. 2.4 yards of carry. I don't care how many times you run it. If you're getting 2-4, that ain't good, man. That's worse than that. That's, again, last in the NFL. So if you're brought in here because you want to have an offense that can run the football when it wants to and be successful, you can't be sitting here after three weeks with 2.4 yards of carry average, and yet... They're still two and one, you know, so it's not as if, okay, the record's not bad, um, but they're only averaging, you know, 78 yards rushing per game. So we talked to Bowls again on Tuesday and, you know, I, and I've been on this a little bit and I'm going to stay on it because I just don't know what else to say. I, I think a lot of it is on the offensive line. In fact, most of it probably is because Robert Hainsey's not playing well right now. Cody mock got pushed back in the backfield a couple of times um, you know, they're they're not they're not really coming off the ball and moving people, which is what you need to do in the run game. But even having said that, when is Rashad White gonna show that he's special? You know, every running back I've ever covered would let you know early on that he's he's gonna do some special stuff, whether that was Warwick Dunn um or I don't know, um, Cadillac Williams. Or how about the last guy that had 1,000 yards in a season, and it seems like he played 100 years ago, Doug Martin, right? Those guys burst onto the scene, and within the first three, four weeks, you'd see an amazing game, you know, 100 yards, 150, 200. I mean, you just would see that. You would just see that they're special right away. and And, you know, for better or worse, I mean, Rashad White has one 100-yard rushing day, and that was in Seattle when he made a Seahawk fly, and that's been it. And since then, you know, they say he's the best they got. Now, I thought that Bowles was a little critical um, of Rashad, and and I haven't heard this very often, but he said, you know, we got to stay on our blocks and all that, and they kind of go hand in hand, but he said that Rashad has got to hit it. He said I think he tried to make too many big plays when it was really kind of a grounded, grinded out game and you're not going to get big plays on these guys. So you pretty much have to start, you know, pounding it up in there getting two, three, four yards and hoping you're going to break one later. And he said that he probably, you know, too many times was trying to make a the explosive play something out of nothing instead of just, you know, run it up in there and get what you can. Um, but... You know, when when you know it's gonna be one of those games that both teams are gonna kinda of slug it out, you need you need to kinda of accept that and, and you know, get get whatever yards you can. So he did put it on white a little bit, but clearly the offensive
1: line didn't do a very good job. You know, well, and we've we've talked about white and that's probably yeah. the biggest I mean, outside the offensive line, which was a problem last year. It's essentially yeah. the same personnel but you shuffled the deck. Right. But you elevated Rashad White to RB1. With yep. one good game last year. Yep. Could he take that next step?
0: That was a question in yeah. training camp and everything.
1: Mm-hmm. And through 3 weeks it doesn't look like he has. No. No. And you know, it's kind of it's it's going to be interesting if the running game continues on the path it is right now. How committed they stay to it. And, and and can they? Or is it at that point, you know, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn gets more chances and, you know, uh, the rookie gets more chances. And, you know, I mean, at some point. I mean, you've you, only
0: got three running backs that are active right now, Sean Tucker and Keyshawn mm-hmm. and, and, and Rashad. So it's not like you have a lot of places to go unless you want to make a big trade for Jonathan Taylor that I'm not aware of. So, yeah. can was bring
1: back Leonard Fournette. He's still out there.
0: You know, people suggested that, mm-hmm. like go on, sure go on Buck's Twitter. They're all suggesting that. Not, can't imagine that Leonard Ford has any kind of shape to play, but maybe he is. Listen, he never had a two-point whatever-it-is-yard carry average, I can tell you that much. It might have been around 3.5. In fact, I think it was 3.5. But that's a hell of a lot better than this. And and I'm not just trying to wrap on, on Rashad. I mean, he's a good mm-hmm. kid. He works hard and all that. I'm just saying... At that position in the National Football League, the the reason why those guys don't get paid a lot of money um, is the injury factor is very high, and the supply is virtually unlimited, right? And so, to me, if, if someone's not doing a very good job, you go to the next guy at running back, you know? I mean, Rashad's on a rookie contract. I know they drafted him fairly high, and, and I know they like the kid, but... Mm-hmm. The other thing is I don't get is I I thought I'd see a lot more outside zone runs and things. All I saw on Monday night was them trying to run inside right into the teeth of that Eagles defense. And that they, they really didn't, it didn't seem to me like they, they, they try to get to the perimeter that they try to stress out, you know, the guys, the corners to have to come up and make tackles. It just seemed like you were going to turn around, hand the ball and they're running straight inside. And that, That is not what I thought Dave Canales' offense would be. Uh, I thought there'd be a lot of run action. I thought there'd be a lot of outside zones. I thought there'd be a lot of bootlegs and waggles. You just didn't see it as much. But I don't know, man. If it doesn't show up here soon, and New Orleans is going to be one of those games, plus, and this was not a good thing, he also had a turnover. And Rashad White's put the ball on the ground before. And that's another reason why you can't have a guy at that position that's not going to you know, think of ball security first. So they seem to have a much longer rope maybe than some fans have or that I would have with, when it comes to White. And and again, I think the offensive line is, you know, okay. I mean, it, I think when you see what the difference was between the Eagles and the first two games, mm-hmm. what you come to realize is, and it's nobody's fault, but Minnesota hasn't won a game. And the Chicago Bears are the worst team in the NFL, on paper and otherwise. And so those are their two wins. So now you run into a you know defending NFC champions and you can't you can't move the football.
1: Well, and the other part with Rashad White and you know the other you know, he's he's a second year running back, yep. but he wasn't R B one last year.
0: Not till the second half of the year, yeah, right?
1: So that you know, he's started less than a full season at this point. That's correct. You've got a average to below-average offensive line at best. Yep. And it makeshift. Right. You're young. Makeshift. And yeah. Todd Bowles has criticized him for not being patient enough. Well, is it part of young players is, is learning that patience? I mean, in Tampa Bay, we saw the ultimate patient football player in Tom Brady for three years. Right. Just take what they give you, take what they give you, take what they give you, and just – and, and wait until you get your spot and go. That's mm-hmm. hard for players to do. They want to attack. They want to go. And young players, if his offensive line is giving him nothing, you can kind of see where he, he's trying to make a home run play every he's time. He's trying because, to press it, yeah. Because there's nothing there for me. And, right. And that may not be the right thing to do. And whether he can learn, adapt, and and grow some patience, we'll see. But, that I mean, that's all, you know, it's – we see it time and time again when you're not what what you're trying to do is not working, and then you get impatient, and then you start taking chances, or you start, you know, if pressing. it's quarterback, you yeah. start trying to throw into tighter windows than you should, or right, you know, taking yeah. more chances, try to do more, yeah, you know, and that's hard for football players to do. Is to there's nothing here. Let me just be patient. Let me keep being mm-hmm. patient, and particularly when you know you want to run the ball and the running game's not successful. You can see some impatience there. Now. Whether Rashad can become a patient running back and, and wait for these opportunities, we'll see. I have no idea, but you know, it, it kind of snowballs on itself.
0: Yeah, He's, it's he's itself. not
1: running well, but the offensive line is not blocking well, so, so then he does now too you're much. forcing it. Right.
0: No, and that makes perfect sense. I mean, I, I think it does go, and, and that's what Bull said. He goes, look, it goes hand in hand, right? Like, if we're blocking it upright, mm-hmm. if we're getting a hat on a hat, anyone can run the football, right? But we're not doing that, and and he's not being patient, but you can understand his impatience for that very reason, like you said. It just has to show up at some point, Mm -hmm. right? Like At some point, you're going to have to break one. At some point, you're going to have to make something when not much is there. Um, And maybe that game's around the corner, but you're going to have to get one, and then you're going to have to stack them and get two, and so on and so forth. Because here's what I know about this offense. We've seen it sputter around in the in the season opener against Minnesota I mean what was Baker was like three of 12 for 11 yards or something like that um and then they made the adjustment got to cover two beaters in and then you know had a good second half and, and pulled out that game and against the Bears it was better probably there was the best rushing day they had they went over 120 yards but let's be honest I thought the Bears didn't play very well Baker did Mm-hmm. and then in this game against a really good defense Baker had a couple balls that probably should have been caught by Mike Evans early which may have changed the game but for the most part it, it just didn't look that good I mean it just it wasn't good and I think it, they made it hard on them because they were so determined to run the football that they basically said and, and Dungy and them used to fall in the trap was hey We're going to run it on first down, run it on second down, and then you need to convert on third down. Well, coming into the game, he was 87% on third down, but you can't sustain that. And that's a tough way to play quarterback because the first thing you're doing is you're acknowledging, hey, we can't get a first down unless we have three plays. And there is absolutely no rule in the rule book that I'm aware of that says you have to have three plays to make 10 yards. You can never get to, to second down, much less third down, if you just be productive, right, on first down and this team plays as if they have to have the ball for 3 downs before they move the stick. You know, like we want to stay on the field, we want to you know, methodically drive 14, 16, keep our defense fresh. Buddy, I'm here to tell you, you better have one hell of a defense. Cuz if you're going to score less than 20 points a game, and that's what you're going that's what you're going to do with that with that approach, you're in big trouble. You know? Uh, that doesn't to me that doesn't work in the NFL today. You have to attack. You have to put pressure in the passing game. And they just don't seem to be aggressive enough. You know, they don't seem to be giving Baker some of those good looks on first down when teams are, are playing the run, um, which might be the easiest down to throw on. And then they're saying, okay, we ran it once, we ran it twice. It's third and seven. Go get him, Tiger. And I'm telling you, man, that. That dog won't hunt for very long. They're going to lose again to some teams that can stop the run, get after the quarterback on third down, and that's practically the whole league. So it, it's a tough style to play. It's what Todd Bowles wants to play. But if you're no good at it, you better have some answers because that's your job if you're Dave Canales. Is you're just here to give answers, man. You're here to give the answers to the to the problems that the other defense, you know, sort of, puts up in front of you and I don't know. I mean, again, I, I I think this was a really good wake up call for them. I think we kind of know where the bucks sit right now in terms of where they're at in the, in the the large gulf between the Eagles who are defending champions and where the Tampa Bay is now. And even having said all of that, that was still a game probably much longer than it should have been because Mm -hmm. I thought the defense getting turnovers and such kind of kept them in it. But, um, You've got to stop the run, and you've got to run the football in this league. Those two things have to happen, or you will not you will not win many games. And at least on Monday night, neither one was good, and you know that that's why they lost. Uh, there's some injury updates. Uh, Carlton Davis, uh, of course, he missed his sex, second straight game. Um, I should say there aren't any updates. They're waiting to see how he's going to bounce back. I think he has a much better chance of playing in this one. I thought he was going to play on Monday night. It kind of surprised me he didn't. But Jamel Dean didn't finish the game. He's got a shoulder injury. Again, waiting for the MRI results and things like that. Dee Delaney, who came in and had that interception at the one-yard line, later led to a safety. But uh, he had to leave the game. Uh, and the good news is is that he did return and played some special teams. So looks like he might be might be okay. Um, not really sure about that. So they've they got to keep... Their corners, they got to keep their starting defense. If they don't, uh, this is a paper thin roster, and they'll be turning to rookies and first year guys that have never played. And and the injuries now are a problem, Steve. I, I on a short week, I don't know what you're going to get from Vita Vea. I don't know that you're going to get much from, you know, Carlton Davis or or you know Jamel Dean. Like, and then Devin White, we saw what happened to him. I mean, if he if he's got any wheels at all. That interception's a pick six, and it's 10-10 going in the locker room.
1: That game's very different.
0: Oh, my God. Can you imagine the momentum that would have been? It was shocking that he threw the ball to him. And I thought, looking up the field, there was nothing but grass. I thought, well, surely he's going to score. And he just kind of, nope. He didn't really run hard, ran out of bounds. And then he said, you know, it it, it killed him to have to do it. But he was like, I, I was in a lot of pain. I had to go in the locker room, you know, get some treatment so I could come back out and play. Um but you will never see a better opportunity for a guy to turn the game around with a pick six than the one that Devin White had, and he just didn't have the wheels. So that was unfortunate. A lot of things it was. It was a lot of things happened in in the game itself that uh, that led to their defeat. But um, you know they've got a short week now. They got to bounce back and then go to New Orleans, where they might might have to face James Winston. Although I don't think they've ruled out Derek Carr yet. Uh, he's got that ac joint sprain in his right shoulder and that's going to be a story all week and if i'm guessing i don't think the saints will you know declare anybody until they run it out there at 1 p.m eastern on sunday but um it's going to be something to watch because if, if Jameis is the quarterback and the bucks have seven turnovers in three games then you feel pretty good about them getting a couple off of Jameis winston i don't know Hey, you already know it's hurricane season in Florida, right? But uh, there's still time to keep the power on without breaking the bank. That's getting solar battery backup power from May Electric Solar. With solar battery backup power, there's no fuel cost, no loud generator noise, no annual maintenance costs. Plus, May Electric Solar offers a 15-year warranty. Now, solar battery backup can save you hundreds of dollars each month. And if you lose your power, a generator could cost over $2,000 a week just to keep your house running. New solar battery systems qualify for a 30% tax credit, or you can add a battery to your existing in-phase solar system. Trust the pros in solar. To learn more about May Electric solar battery backup or to get started, call 727-819-2862, or you can visit mayelectricsolar.com. Hey, we'll get to uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, and uh, their exciting yet nearly uh, giveaway win that they had on um on Tuesday night, but first, uh, this is a bizarre story. I've been working on this with Olivia George, who's a tremendous, uh, reporter for the Tampa Bay Times. She works in news and you you know, Mike Williams who died just two weeks ago at St. Joseph's hospital. Um, there's some suspicions, there's some things around his death and the grandmother and the mother of his daughter have contacted the Tampa Police Department. They say that they heard someone had brought Mike Williams Percocet, which is a, an opiate, opiate, uh, painkiller. The day that Williams went into cardiac arrest, he was in the hospital. Somebody brought him these drugs and that's in a, in a, uh, a complaint that was filed, um, and that we obtained in the Tampa Bay times. Now, Police wouldn't give us a copy of the statement. We had it. Uh, but they cited that there's an active criminal investigation. So it's horrible to think that this may have occurred. Um, but the police department said that the nature of the crime is under review. And three of his close friends have you know, said that during his stay, um, which is just across the street from one buck place, by the way, that Williams was supplied drugs by his visitors. And um, the medical examiner's office said that, uh, you know, they're still waiting to to release the results pending further study. It's an active criminal investigation. And, and I feel horrible that we're here with this story because it's been a bizarre story to begin with. And one, of course, that began with a false news report out of Buffalo and Spectrum Sports up there that Mike had had uh, passed away when in fact he was in ICU and on life support. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just horrible and we'll see, we'll see what the outcome is here down the road. But, um, you know, he, he was working for an electric company and now that company is, uh, there's a safety inspection into that company now by OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. And you don't know, you know, that that began like the day after the accident, so you got to believe it's somehow related, but they can't discuss the details of it. There's just a lot here, and it's really unfortunate because, I mean, I, I knew Mike when he played, and he was a guy that, you know, was probably drafted later than his talent would indicate he had some troubles at Syracuse. And he's also struggled. I think it's fair to say, post career, as many many athletes do, uh, and NFL players do. There's been some legal entanglements with domestic violence. Um, you know, they uh, wanted him to go to a- alcohol treatment center and this sort of stuff. And a lot of those cases were still pending. But to think that you'd be in a position where this was possible, That's that somebody would bring you Percocets while you're being cared for in a hospital and probably, you know, given drugs for other situations is, is criminal, literally criminal. And I hope they get to the bottom of it. And I hope they get to it soon because um, that was a terrible tragedy to begin with. And this just makes it even more bizarre. But check it out in the Tampa Bay Times on TampaBay.com. Terrific reporter, Olivia George. With that story uh, that we had worked on, really almost immediately after uh, Mike's death, his uh, uh, the grandmother of his daughter and uh, and the mom of his daughter came forward and uh, wanted to to tell that story and wanted police to investigate and now they are, so hopefully we'll get to the bottom of it. So I'm watching the score, the Tampa Bay Rays playing one of those games where you feel like, okay, well they're in Boston, let's see how they're doing. Oh, seven to nothing. Ah, it's a route. I turn off, you know, the so the phone or the alert or whatever, and and go about my business. I look up Steve. I swear to you, it was it couldn't have been what an hour later. It was mm-hmm. less than that, and it's seven to six. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell happened,
1: man? I think everyone was that way. <laughs> I was kind of paying attention to the Lightning game, which they had a yeah. preseason game tonight. Lost right. five to two, but uh, a lot of the you regulars know. not in, of course. Right, right. But yeah, I mean, you are seven other, You are like, okay, they got that, no problem. Turn that Apple off. Penn, yeah. yeah, yep. Nope. Eppelund gives up three. Uh, what Armstrong gave up a run. Pochet gave up a run. Somebody gave up yeah. two. You're
0: they like, all contributed.
1: Yeah, and and you know, quite frankly, going into the night, we were joking before the game. You know, that the no-hitter alert was on for Tanner Houck. Because the Rays' lineup was Aranda at first, Caminero at third, (laughs) Paredes DH, and Josh Lowe in the cleanup spot in right field, Meade at second, Margot in center, (laughs) Tapia in left, Walls at short, and Pinto at catcher. I saw Tapia, and I went, wait a minute. What is this? Yeah, we said that line. We're like, the no-hitter is uh, in effect. No-hitter alert tonight. And they got 13 hits with that lineup.
0: Yeah, how about that? how about that they came out bashing mm-hmm. that was cool
1: they did but and and then so you get some you think you get some help from the nationals they hold the orioles to one run and lose one nothing
0: unbelievable unbelievable they can't get any help anywhere there's a credit to the orioles they just those guys haven't lost for about three months um you, you can't fault them but yeah a little help now and then it the, game, the 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 american league east has not been won just yet um you said the magic number is like 3 or the something elimination like number is 3 so any three, combination okay.
1: of three rays losses or three Orioles wins and they have five games remaining the rays have four
0: yeah so all but all but decided barring a collapse of biblical proportions um unfortunate for the rays obviously but you know they nonetheless mm-hmm. have clinched the playoff berth and the first wild card spot. So. And 100
1: wins, still in play.
0: 100 wins. They could still get to 100. Isn't that amazing? I mean,
1: I know for the first 13 games we said they were going to go 162-0. and <laughs> Well, they are on that pace.
0: But if I just said to you, what if I told you that a team would win over 100 games in the American League East, What, where would you think they would have finished? Top seed in the American League. It, I mean, any other year, right? Like, how can you have two teams that can win over 100 games in the same freaking division?
1: Now, maybe it helped this year that you played your division less. True. Instead, instead of 19 they times, you're playing got to beat up on other teams and, yeah. for a change, yeah. So you got to play more teams in the National League, basically, is what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. And played, played the Orioles less. Like right. you remember a couple years ago, the race went eighteen and one against the Orioles. That's how
0: they. That's how they. They got the seed. Yeah, mm-hmm. they.
1: They dominated them. Yep.
0: But man, I mean, over a hundred wins, two teams with a hundred wins. I, has that
1: happened a lot? Like, is I don't. I, I don't remember back does. in the day. It, there was a couple times where a team missed the playoffs. I think the, playoffs, the Giants and the like Dodgers. Yeah, like they won like 104 games and missed the playoffs because right. you didn't have wild cards in that.
0: That's you didn't have wild cards. And I think recently or a few years ago that mm-hmm. the Dodgers and the, and the and the Giants both won over 100. I think you're right. It's it's rare as hell. And now it doesn't look like it doesn't believing.
1: look like the American League East will have five teams with a winning record.
0: That's because
1: well, Boston already has 81 losses, so they can only get to 81 and 81. There you go. Yeah, yeah. But for a while, it looked like you know the American League East could have the entire division could have a winning, winning record. record. Yeah. Now Boston at best can be five hundred. So right, right, and the Yankees, and the Yankees could Yankees. still finish. with They have eighty wins, so they could still finish with a losing record. They picked it up a little of late, though mm-hmm. they've gotten a little better. But yep,
0: yeah, man, crazy, crazy division, and and uh, I guess now's the time to heal up and rest who you can rest.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm and I didn't see Cash's comment, so I, I, I don't know, but. Rosarena and, y- and Yandi Diaz both out. I don't know if that's – they needed to be out or more a little precaution because there's not a lot to play for this week. I think it's
0: both. I mean, I think it's a, re- a realization that we're probably not going to win this, and it's more important that our guys get rest and get healthy and be as healthy as they can be because they're going to have – you know, they're already lost players. It's just – Cash said been, they're
1: both feeling better, just not good enough to be in the lineup.
0: Okay. So it wasn't they're just not ready to play.
1: Yeah, and he followed up with, "We're trying to take care of them."
0: Yeah, and, and that's the right thing to do. Yeah. I think you have to make an assessment and say, you know, we're not conceding anything, but we really don't think that they're going to win the American League East and and uh, and start turning and, your attention towards yeah, playoffs. Yeah,
1: the bigger prize is the World Series.
0: Absolutely, you got and you got a, a you know, three game series is going to be here against somebody um, in your own ballpark. You got to take care of business there, and then and then. You're like everybody else after that round, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just kind of a realization of where there are with so many injuries. You can't afford to lose anybody else, and the ones that they have have to heal up. But it was a um, a nervy finish And that bullpen. I know it's been good, brilliant sometimes. I don't trust it, and I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's a strong suit going into the postseason, and it has been in the past, but. Because, you know, you mostly worry Mm -hmm. about the Rays and the postseason scoring runs. But I don't know. You know, Pete Fairbanks came in and struck out the side, which is great to see him bounce back. I just don't know that I trust him down there in a close game, in a playoff game. Um, But it's the second season. You know, you get get to October, and um, you flip the switch sometimes, and teams can do that.
1: Well, don't forget, though, too, part of your bullpen in October – you know, it, does Littell go to the bullpen? Right. And do you get some innings out of him there where, you know, yeah. right now he's a starter. Do you trust right. him more than some of the guys down there? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, because you don't need as many starting pitchers. Right. Come the playoffs. So, you know, they can they can set up things a little differently and maybe use some arms differently, too, than what they're doing right now. And, you know, they're always tinkering or at least exploring those opportunities.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's what they do, and they'll be ready, but I'm anxious to see who they play. It could be any number mm-hmm. of teams, though. It's still undecided. Um, it is. It's
1: looking more and more like it will be Toronto.
0: Right, right. We uh, just finished with Yeah, they
1: hold a, a one-game lead right now over Houston for that second wild-card spot. So I guess it's not, in, it's not determined yet. Yeah. And if the Rays go and sweep the Blue Jays this weekend, that could change everything.
0: Yeah, it certainly could. And it'll be a, a good series just, if nothing else, but to feel each other out. All right, so the Bucks will be back in action today getting ready for their game against New Orleans Saints. We'll have a chance to talk to Baker Mayfield, so we'll be out there for that. Rays continue their series uh, in Boston against mm-hmm. the Red Sox.
1: Lightning have a preseason game in Nashville. Yeah, they're on a three-game stretch here, I think. Uh, four uh, and five days. So it was Tuesday night, ago. Wednesday night, and then they have home games Friday and Saturday.
0: And there was Andre Vasilevsky
1: siding at practice. There was which is great. Yes. Huge We're working son. with uh, goalie coach Franjon. Jean. Franjon. Jean. So, it's early yeah. preseason. If if assuming he's this isn't anything serious, there's no big deal that he's missing some practice time this early.
0: Yeah. No, nope. you got to get him to the starting line and got to get him there fresh as you can. That's for sure because he's going to play a lot of games as he always does and and hoping to change it up and hoping to get maybe a little bit of break from their new backup goaltender as well. So we'll be back to talk about all of that. Um, you can send your mailbag questions to us. We're going to do that probably tomorrow. we got a Matt Baker on as well to talk college football, the week that was, the week uh, in front of us here coming up, so that'll be fun. You can send us your mailbag questions on Twitter at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud Award. my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. For Steve Erstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.